modeling career, he'd never suffer from scheduling conflicts. But homely as he was, whatever sickness resided in him didn't reside in his face. His thinning, white-blonde hair, orange beard, colorless eyes, and overbite made him look at worst like a disreputable uncle, like someone at home at flea markets or the track. Jail hadn't faded his deeply tanned forearms, which suggested a liver or endocrine problem. Tattooed on his right arm was a blue crucifix. Quan leaned forward and introduced himself, informing Nichols that Quan worked for his usual lawyers. Nichols smiled and watched amused as Quan studied his hands, the floor, the textured cover of his notebook. Nichols briefly looked over at me to see how funny I found the lawyer's agitation. I stared back at him, waiting. They conferred for a moment, discussing minor points of treatment and privilege. Minor for those on the outside, at least. Nichols' grievances had chiefly to do with meal selection. Three hots and a cot, Nichols said, what I'm owed. At least get me some choice, you know. I'll petition the warden, Quan said. Nichols' eyes focused on me, and he nodded and smiled. Might as well get down to it, he said, down to the nitty-gritty titty. What do you want to ask me? I held up the photos. He reached for them, pulled them toward him. I let go. First, Quan said, let me reiterate that nothing you say to my client or he to you can in any way be interpreted as an admission of wrongdoing. If, however, said information proves valuable in locating someone, whether living or deceased, we would expect that information to be made available to various parole boards, committees, and appellate courts, preferably in the form of written affidavits or spoken testimonials from yourself or your office to be used on my client's behalf at his discretion. We're clear? Clear, I said. Clear, Nichols echoed, grinning, clear as mud. Who's this cutie? I told him her name. Nichols examined the second photo. He had no problem marking the blonde student and the gray-complexioned runaway as one and the same. I didn't read recognition in his face, only a casual lust. Looks young, he said, tapping the corner of the yearbook photo. She was 24 when she disappeared. That was 11 years ago. This girl a whore, he said, a funny inflection on the last syllable. Are you asking or telling me? Asking. If I ask you, I'm asking. She a whore? She trafficked, I said. You're familiar with the strolls. Have you ever seen her before? Don't think so, Nichols said. No? Then we're done here. I rose and put out my hand for the photos. He kept them at arm's reach from me, the way a bully might. The guards inched closer. Tim Kwan pushed his chair back slightly. Now hold on a minute, hold on here. Nichols gestured for me to sit. I said I didn't think so. Thinks, not the same as certain. Give me a minute. Eyes aren't so good anymore. He squinted and stared at the photo of the young girl in her chiffon dress, posed in front of the cheap backdrop, arm near the prop globe. Him holding the picture felt obscene. I sat and waited. I don't wait well. And, I asked, hold your horses. He tapped his temple. Gears don't turn as fast as some people's especially not after what I've been through. Either you know her or you don't. 
And I said, I'm thinking. Takes as long as it takes. Where is it I know you from? I'm a private investigator, I said. One or two cases have made the papers. Don't read them. I was a cop before, briefly. That must be where. Nah, he squinted at me, then nodded to himself. The Astoria, you and that old man. I nodded, no use hiding it. Quan looked at me, curious. I used to box in the basement of the Astoria Hotel, I told the lawyer. Sometimes after training, my father would take me upstairs for a drink. I pointed to Nichols. We'd see him in the bar, time to time. A grin of absent-minded nostalgia played out on Nichols's face. He was a celebrity and loved being one. Back then, though, he'd been one more drunk, twisting quarters into the guts of a candy bar.